Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of John. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail your questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. And now, here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We are in the Gospel according to John, chapter 10. We have been starting out with a discourse on the Good Shepherd. Here Christ has presented himself as the Good Shepherd of the sheep. And he has told those that are listening that if anybody comes in to the sheepfold any other way than through the door, that is through him, then he is a stranger, a thief, and should not be allowed in to the sheepfold. He's not allowed in. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus Christ has come to take care of the sheep, to bring them life, and that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. This is the tenth verse of chapter 10. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And so he presents himself as the good shepherd of the sheep, the good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. The sheep know his name. They know him. He knows them. And he has sheep not only of this fold, the Jews, but also of another fold, the Gentiles. And he's going to bring them in. And his Father, God Almighty, shows him his love. Verse 18, No man taketh it, that is, his life, from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Now notice, as he gets closer to the crucifixion, he more boldly and clearly, transparently, gives forth the truth of his coming crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection. It is presented here. And only those who do not wish to see it, miss it. It was given clearly so that there would be no mistake. And yet even his own disciples had trouble with it. No wonder those that were without faith had trouble with it. Verse 19, There was a division therefore again among the Jews for these sayings, and many of them said, He hath a devil and is mad, why hear ye him? Others said, These are not the words of, a, of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? Questions with no resolve. Notice, 
One of the outlines that I used uh, for years, where I got it is anybody's guess, and that's what happens when you preach in many places. You hear from many uh, places and people, and you, if you are thinking, will write down what you can so you can keep it as best you can. But one of the outlines I have in the margins of my old Bible, uh, my old preaching Bible, I got a new one, and it doesn't have all my notes in it, unfortunately. But the old one has this uh, three-point uh, outline. Number one, uh, Christ is the door of protection. Number two, Christ is the door of purpose. And number three, Christ is the door of provision. I also have a note there that uh, I learned by being in the Middle East, the shepherd, the good shepherd, leads the sheep. He doesn't bleat the sheep. He leads the sheep. He doesn't hit them and force them into uh, following, but he leads them. Now, those that get out of line, however, have the rod and the staff, uh, and they do get beaten when they get out of line. And so here... Jesus Christ was telling them of his crucifixion. He says he has the power to lay down his life. He has the power to bring it back. He asserted his deity once again. And these folks are just missing it. Now we go on to verse 22 of chapter 10. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch, then came the Jews round about him, and said to him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Now wait a minute. Let's stop right here. He had already told them time and time and time and time again. Maybe these specific Jews had not been at every instance, but I have a feeling they'd heard, or they had already heard from him. But here they are, once again, asking, 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 because they will not receive the truth. I have found this to be the case all the time. I can't think of an instance where it's not true. But the person who keeps asking me the most questions usually has refused to accept the answers that I've given them. If they received the answers that I gave them, they would not be asking me the same questions over and over and over again. And uh, that's something that just is very frustrating when you're teaching the Word of God and you bring forth the truth of who Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, is. And people say, well, I can't understand that. Well, they don't understand it because they're not receiving the truth. And that's the problem that these Pharisees had. They did not receive the truth. And so they say, if thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Well, he already had, but now let's listen. Jesus, verse 25, Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not, because you're not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. 
My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So he told them plainly, didn't he? Once again, he told them plainly. Now, what was their reaction? They rose up and said, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord. No. It says, verse 31, Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Now, this is the second time that we've seen them take, a, take up stones as a group. The first time he walked out from among them. Let's see what happens this time. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because of thou being a man, maketh thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, Ye are gods. And if he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified, and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe me not, believe the works, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me, and I in him. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hands. Wow. Look at this. This is the Feast of Dedication. This is the celebrated... Uh, this is the celebration of the cleansing of the temple uh, back um, when Judas Maccabeus, after the desecration by Antiochus Epiphanes in 165 B.C., that's where the uh, Antiochus Epiphanes had sacrificed the pig on the altar. Um, and so this was the celebration of the cleansing of the temple. It is called... And get this, Hanukkah. <laughs> so, did they have Hanukkah when Christ was alive? Yes, they did. And here they were celebrating it when he came to the Feast of Dedication. It lasted eight days, as Hanukkah does these days. And it was, uh, what, the 25th of Kislev, um, and uh, basically lasted those eight days uh, this year. Um, does it come on, uh, Thanksgiving day? I'm not quite sure, but it can come that early. I know that. Um, and so the, uh, I've been in, uh, in Israel several times during Hanukkah and I must admit, uh, whether it be in, uh, the 25th of uh, November through the, the uh, 20th of December or something like that. Whenever it is, it's a celebration there in Israel, a big celebration as they celebrate what the Maccabees did and the Feast of Dedication, as they call it. So that's what they were doing when Christ was there, and they were ready to take up stones and kill him because he taught that he would give everlasting life to those that followed him because he and his father were one. He and his father were one. They were God together. Indeed, we believe that there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And here, he said that they would never perish. There was 
a safety, an assurance, some would say, but certainly a safety in the fact that they would never perish. There's no cre no creature, no created being that can destroy your life in Christ. Can't be done. And so the plainness of speech that Christ had is what set them off, and they were the blasphemous ones, even though they claimed that he was providing blasphemy by claiming to be equal with God. And so that's something very important for us to understand. And so he escaped out of their hand after this great teaching. And uh, this great teaching was that of his assertion of deity after his assertion of deity through the parable of the Good Shepherd and the discourse of the Good Shepherd. His presentation then when they asked him, tell us plainly. He'd already told them plainly several times. And he says, they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So what does that mean? It means you don't have any worries, do you? You don't have to worry about somebody coming between you and God. Nothing between my soul and my Savior. At least there shouldn't be anything between. And if we put it there, it's our peril. It's our problem. It's our disturbance. But here we're told there's nothing between your soul and your Savior as it pertains to your eternal existence in Christ Jesus because Jesus Christ says, no one, no one, no thing can pluck them out of my hand. Verse 40, and went away again, this is Christ escaping out of their hand, and went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized, and there he abode. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. And many believed on him there. Now, I guess I have a question. Maybe I don't have an answer, but I have a question. And that is, in your situation... In your life, how did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Some people it was a blinding revelation. Some people it was slow, and yet it happened over time. But in all, there was a presentation of the truth of Jesus being the Christ, the Son of the living God. How? Did you come to place your faith in Jesus Christ? It wasn't from your parents that you inherited your faith. Now, they may have been ones to teach you of their faith, but they could not impart to you faith. You had to have that imparted on your own. It could have been godly grandparents that that gave you nurture and helped you to understand. It could be uh, a wonderful pastor or pastors, plural. It could be um, Sunday school teachers. It could be vacation Bible school teachers or Bible camp instructors or counselors. It could have been gospel films. I know one pastor in the region that 
came to faith through a gospel film. His family wasn't saved, and he came to faith in Christ through a film. Some through Christian radio, and I've, I've learned of many that have come to faith in Christ through Christian radio and the presentation of the gospel. How was it that you came to faith in Christ? You see, here Christ gives us the truth of who he is, and then it becomes somewhat subjective in the sense, uh, it's objective at all points, but it becomes subjective in a sense as it relates to you personally. Everyone has their own story. Everyone, you, me, all of your friends, all of your family, that have come to faith in Christ have their own tale to tell, have their own testimony to share. I miss those good times in the old meetings when there would be testimonies. Now, some were not worth listening to, I understand. You had to sort of winnow them out a little bit and not pay too much attention to some. But there were always nuggets in those services, those testimony meetings. There were always nuggets of what God was doing and what God was impacting in people's lives and how people were coming to faith in Christ. It was fantastic. And I loved to hear those stories because they were personal. Here Christ presents himself as the Good Shepherd. And he knows you as his sheep, as his sheep of his pasture. He knows you personally. He provides you that nurture. He provides you that, that uh, all the needed resources, uh, whether it be protection or provision. Uh, he provides all of those things for you. He takes care of you. He gives you a sense of purpose for your life. He does all of those things, and he does it to you individually. It is personal. You see, when we say, I have received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and Lord, we're doing more than just using words here. We're talking about the very person of Christ having me personally place my faith in him and in him alone. It is a very personal decision. It's a very personal transaction. It's a very personal awakening. Use the words as you wish, but that's what it is. It's so personal. And here he speaks. And he says, Don't believe in me if you don't want to, but believe in my works. Well, you see, he was talking to those whose eyes had never been opened. Because when the eyes are truly opened, as it was with the blind man, then we believe not only the works, but we believe the one who did the works, the one behind the works. We believe in Christ himself. Now, we're getting ready to enter into chapter 11 of John. And this is a story that is personal. Just as your relationship with Jesus Christ is personal, so was the relationship that will be shared in this story in chapter 11. 
This is who Christ is, and it is always personal with Jesus Christ. And so if I can make a point today, the point is you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't, it is imperative that you do. And today is that day of salvation. Today is the accepted time, this accepted day. Today is the time that's been set aside for the purpose of your coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is The Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. That's the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bumble, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible Class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.